Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to agencygo.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with Danavir Saria of Supply Drop. He has the email marketing agency that eight-figure brands recommend. Thank you so much, Danavir, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. So I really appreciate you on. Obviously, we're highlighting your company, Supply Drop, and how it's been able to scale so far. You guys are relatively new as a brand, correct? Or have you been around for a couple of years? Uh, yeah, about two years, I guess. Two years. Okay, got it. So you're still... You're coming out of that startup mode. You're about to transition more into like a scaled up organization. What has been the biggest struggle for you so far? And is there any like thing that you've learned throughout this process you think people who are just getting started with their own agency should know? Obviously, I mean, the biggest thing is like every other agency leads, right? Leads is what you, what you want in the day. So what really was the hardest part about the whole process, because I came from the info product world, like the whole like guru, like, uh, Evan Pagan, Frank Kern, like all that info product stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. I transitioned into e-commerce. Uh, we do e-commerce email marketing. Those are two completely different worlds and they have two right. completely different types of right. services, right? Going from one to the other was probably like the hardest thing that we had to learn about. Like the actual offer, what's in the offer, what do people want, uh, what type of emails, all that kind of stuff. Right. Give us a little bit of background on that with the info product space. What was it specifically that you were doing? Your own info products or you're working within info product companies? Well, both. I used to own an info product business uh, called oh. CopyMonk. It was, yeah, I taught other copywriters, you know, direct response copywriting. Mm. And at the same time, like even before that, way before that, uh, I did freelance copywriting for the info right. product space. So a lot of people find themselves in the same situation where they're doing uh, something like an info product and they consider transitioning to an agency. Uh, It sounds like you either did fully pivot to an agency or you still do some of it. What was the story there? Did you transition or did you actually uh, drop it or what what specifically happened? What what was and also what was the cause of that? Why did you leave that if you did? Yeah, uh, that's a huge story. But in in, the shortest way possible, basically. By the time I had my info product business, I was already in the info product world for like mm. about eight years. And uh, I really got, just got tired of it, basically. Yeah. And I, I, my passion was e-commerce. And so I decided to start an e-commerce brand. It was a, it was a sportswear brand. The problem was that it failed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so yeah. once it failed, I realized, uh, what can I do to keep, right. but while still being in e-commerce, because I really like e-commerce. That's when I just decided to to do the agency uh, because at that point, like I really, I just I dropped the info product stuff cold turkey. I did not want to do that anymore, and obviously that probably was a wrong decision to do to make. Uh, but that's what happened, and yeah, I, from there I just went straight to the agency. Well, sometimes people get burned out. You know, they don't want to do anything anymore, and they they have to do something else. And that's I think why a lot of people quit their jobs in corporate America and jump to the agency game. You get a lot of people listening to the show who are experiencing that. Uh, and so it is something to learn from. Uh, so give us a little bit of, a, of insight into what Supply Drop does for e-commerce brands or eight-figure brands. Um, a little bit of uh, background on that would be helpful. Sure. Uh, yeah, we do full-service e-commerce email marketing. 
And what that basically means is that you know you hire us and you won't need to hire anyone else. When it comes to e-commerce specifically, it's very visual. There's so there's, there's graphic design, there's copywriting, yeah. then there's you know the the account management and all that kind of stuff. So you hire us, we can do the whole thing for you. You don't need to yeah. hire other copywriters or other designers or anything. And then we do all the strategy, everything. Like we are your in-house team, but obviously because we're an agency, yeah. you're not paying the hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars per year to have multiple people running your thing. Right. And I don't want to bury the lead here. What is the um, the biggest, uh, I guess, case study or, uh, you know, the example of what you guys have done uh, for businesses, e-commerce businesses? That way people listening to the show can get a sense of kind of what's been done within the company so far. Yeah. I mean, I can't get like, ex, you know, specific numbers, but basically our biggest client was Kettle and Fire. They are pretty big in the e-commerce space, eight figures. Yeah. As, as far as I understand, I'm not 100% sure. I actually never asked them. Yeah. But they are like huge. And they got like a 50x ROI on our services. Another one, Bossman, they are a beard care brand. And oh. they, yeah, they hired us straight up for uh, Black Friday, uh, oh. the whole month, November. Uh, we just went straight in and then we got them. We literally, I think we increased their revenue by 64% compared to the last, last Black Friday they had. Last. It's basically more of that. Like usually our ROI, depending on the client, depending on the size of the client anyway, right. can be as little as 10, you know, 10x all the way to 50x. Well, that sounds pretty good, obviously. Obviously, a lot of marketers are are throwing around numbers like that on a regular basis. Um, What makes a good e-commerce marketing campaign specifically for email? Planning. I think when it comes to like the email calendar in particular, uh, the way that we do it is that we, instead of of saying, okay, we're just going to send these emails on these days or whatever, what we do is we build around the times of the year that people are already ready to buy. So mm-hmm. if you know like Black Friday, Black Friday, you're always going to get more sales on Black Friday, no matter what it is that you do compared to any other time of the year. Yeah. The, tr- the trick is, how do you make more Black Fridays happen? One way, or the easy way, honestly, is other holidays, right? You have, you know, Labor Day, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, all that kind of stuff. But then also working with clients to say, hey, we need to launch new products, right? We need to create very, very exclusive offers. We need to work on different cultural moments like uh, like back to school, if that fits with what you're doing. And then when you combine those type of things in the email calendar, you do better emails and all that kind of stuff, high frequency, whatever. We believe in very high right. frequency email marketing, but that's basically our, like, where the real results happen. Right. And, you know, it can't all be dandelions and roses. What's the most difficult thing about running an email marketing agency for e-commerce companies? Email marketing, it does require more people. Like if I was a, like if I was a media buyer, like a media buying agency, like a one media buyer can handle like a, a decent amount of clients on their own. But for an email marketing agency, you need two or three people per, you know, per account. So yeah. that, it becomes a lot, it's more resource intensive. Right. And how much are you charging per month for, for your services? Are you in the more bespoke category of $5,000 or more? Or are you more on the smaller business side of uh, targeting SMBs who need things for like a thousand dollars or less per month, four to six thousand dollars per month. Okay, got it. And what was the reason for that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you position it that way? Honestly, because everyone else charges. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of people who charge a lot less. Um, so either so you're you're able to command that price though, because a lot of people can't. Um, so what is it about your skill set or your charisma and sales or what have you that allows people to want to pay you five or six grand per month uh, for your projects do you have a, a strategy or um, you know anything to get these people to cough up 
$60,000 per year? So my experience was actually when I started agency, I did, uh, well, we did pay for, pay for performance and did yeah. not work at all. And then we went to $5,000 per month and I could not get that work at all. And it, I, was, I struggled for months like that. So what I did was I, I lowered the price to $2,500. Right. I started getting clients uh, that way. Um, got a couple of, of initial uh, you know, proof elements, you know, testimonials and stuff like that. And I just build my Twitter account, basically. Uh, I post three to five times per day uh, email marketing advice and tips. And I think I'm pretty good at it, especially because my background is in the whole guru and, ex- and, and expert space. I can, I can make myself seem like really cool, basically, right. with, the, with the content. And so when people come to me, uh, they yeah. already, they, they're, they're on the phone like, hey, I know you're an expert, right? Right. And, and eventually I'm just like, you know, I just, I didn't do anything different. I was charged 2,500 a month and I charged 3,000 and 3,500. And then four thousand dollars, yeah. He would just kept saying yes, and so, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. That that's that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. I mean, it's 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 good to hear that journey because I think a lot of people will get discouraged and they don't hear the full story. That other people went through the exact same thing. So sometimes you got to lower your prices to get those case studies to then raise your prices. That seems like a solid strategy. So tell me a little bit about how you plan to scale. Like, how would you ten x this company in the next twelve months? And actually. Before I ask that question, give us a sense for like where you guys are at now. How many clients do you guys currently work with? Uh, right now, we have four clients. Okay. Uh, all Again, all of them e-commerce. Yeah, like, yeah. Some of them are, are retainer, like the monthly campaigns and stuff. And others are yeah. just pure, like the actual, the, the email flows. So they happen right. to be much bigger projects you know, within, the same, within the same time span. And what would you say to somebody who um, says like, the, I mean, because obviously you already dealt with this. What was your rationale behind people paying you more money? Because I know there's so many options nowadays uh, to get cheaper alternatives to everything. So what is the rationale for paying more money for marketing? I think people just need to hear this because it gives them you know, confidence to go and charge that kind of price for themselves. So w- what's the ways you're able to get people to pay that price on a regular basis? How do you justify it for them when they come back to you and they say, oh, I could get the same thing for $2,000 per month. How do you justify that? It was a big deal for me. So basically, it's a, it's a two-pronged strategy, I guess. One is learning how to package the actual service. And I, you know, again, I came from the info product space. I had no idea what that looked like for e-commerce. It took me a long time to figure that one out. And when I realized, you know, people want to know the exact number of emails, the exact, they want productized pricing. They want, you know, uh, they want to know how many exactly, what are they, they basically want to know exactly what they're getting, right? Like literally line by line. And then the way that people come into the funnel. Right. So if you do cold email, it becomes a lot harder to get people to pay $4,000 a month. But because people come into my Twitter account, basically, they know me. They're, they're, they, again, they come on the phone saying, telling me that I am the expert. Really, it, 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 from there on, it just it just depends on who you're, you're targeting, basically. Right. So if you are a, a, new, a new e-commerce brand, it becomes almost impossible for them to pay you $4,000 yeah. a month. But the bigger the brand is, the more likely they are. And right. also as well, when it comes to flows in particular, a lot of smaller brands, they hire us for just the flows because, you know, you hire us once and then you, you know, keep going for whatever long you need them yeah. for. For those clients, really, they again, they come in knowing that we know our stuff. They come in already knowing that email is important to them. And by that time, they've already seen not only that we know our stuff, but they've seen the type of emails that we that we deliver. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's a very performance-based uh, service. Like people want right. revenue, they want results. But if we make really nice looking emails, regardless of how they do, by the way, it doesn't even matter what the real results were. 
if they look amazing and they look on and they see it on Twitter or whatever, they come in thinking, oh, you guys are amazing because right. it's visual. It's you're like it's you know the email was to sell to your list, but you're really using the, also the email to sell to the founder. That, right. Hey, we do a good job. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to agencygo.io forward slash leads to get your free lead scripts today. That's agencygo.io forward slash leads. Now back to the show. So, you know, I'm about to ask you about Twitter because that's <laughs> what I'm trying to grow my following on. I uh, have started about like two months ago, two and a half months ago. Not a huge following yet. I mean, it's like about to crack 400 followers. But what is your strategy with Twitter that has worked? And also, as a follow up question, can you share the timeline to get to where you are now and followers? Like, when did you start to see it grow? How long did it take to start really compounding, et cetera? Yeah. Well, first thing I'll say, I'm not a Twitter growth expert. Uh, I actually have a pretty small account. I think I have like 2,700 followers. It's nice. Yeah. That's that's the thing. If I was, you hear a lot, if you go to like money Twitter, right? Which is where people who like, they like making businesses or whatever on Twitter, they talk to each other. Um, these people, they're all like, They'll talk about how how to explode your Twitter growth and sell courses and stuff. But I'm lucky because I only need clients and you know I don't need that big of an audience to get yeah you know, get paid well for, for what I'm doing. And so the, what I have done basically is post three to five times per day, once per week. One of those posts per week is a thread. A thread is you know it could be however long you want. I think you go up to like twenty tweets in one thread. I think right, and then a lot. A lot of it is just straight up going to other people's accounts and engaging with them. And the cool yeah. thing, and the cool thing about Twitter is that if you go to Twitter and you go to your, I guess on the desktop on the lower left, and you go to your analytics, it will tell you how many tweets you're putting out. It will tell you how many followers you're getting, how many are looking at your profile, which is what you really want. Clicks to your profile because that's where your your links are and stuff like that. Right. Uh, it gives you all this data. And so basically, Twitter is a volume game. Like if like. If you are tweeting 100 times per month, the only way to grow is literally tweeting 500 times per month. <laughs> and so that it, it's very, it's, it's not like, it's not that time consuming, but like, right. it's like, you got to be there every single no, day. You do. And stuff. You yeah. do. So, okay. So a follow up on that. When it comes to your Twitter, do you, this is a big hot topic within agency go right now. Um, do you use like a VA to engage for you? You do all your, okay. That's interesting because I, I, I've thought the same thing. I don't use a VA right now. And how much time do you spend, do you think, per day, like actually engaging with people on Twitter? Dude, it's, it's hard to say because I'm just like, it's just like, you know, kind of your regular, <laughs> your regular social media. You're just like, oh, you just get on. Okay. You'll talk to a couple right. people. I would say I'm there maybe like in total, not counting the thread. Well, actually maybe counting the thread about two hours a day. Damn. So you're there a lot. That's a lot more than most people. Not a bad thing, but it clearly shows yeah. growing so much. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm focused on, like twi- growing that Twitter account. And obviously, I'm, I'm doing other. I'm start doing other things for lead gen, but like, yeah, that's my main job, right? I'm the founder. Yeah, so gotta yeah. Get the, gotta of get the clients in. So. Of course, yeah. So you mentioned <clears throat> that it's a volume game. Then, do you think that? Did you notice that when you increased your engagement like a hundred percent, you actually start to see a hundred percent more growth? Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not that it's not that linear, but yeah, yes, like it's like right now I average around three hundred tweets per month, three hundred to four hundred, yeah. I would say. Uh, and then, by the way, that's not just what you post, but also how your replies, if you reply to anyone that counts as a tweet. And so, like, for example, like last month, I was seeing that my numbers were not as good because I wasn't tweeting as much. We're in May, so April. So in March, I tweeted almost 400 times. Yeah. Uh, in what are like, April, I was at like, midway, I was tweeting at like a much slower pace. So then I decided, right. you know what? I literally stopped tweeting myself, like the posts, my daily posts. Yeah. And instead, I just went, you know, all in on engaging other people. And I ended up, you know, tweeting more in April than I did in March. And that right. actually grew the account a little bit, a little bit more. Because yeah. it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't tweet that much more. But yeah. So when it comes to, uh, in, like, your timeline, though, in terms of growing the Twitter account, how what did that look like? I mean, was it for months at 100 followers, then you saw a huge spike? Or what was the growth rate of it i think if i remember correctly i think in november of 2020 or somewhere around it that's when i actually started um yeah and by the way when, when i again when you're starting you don't like i didn't know you had to tweet three to five times per day and all yeah. that kind of stuff <laughs> so yeah 20 2021 is where i really got most of the of those results so i when i started because I, I used twitter before but it wasn't for the agency and stuff so i had a couple of hundred people but you know they weren't part of it they're like you know by 200 300 people follow me and so i got to it basically took the whole year uh to get me to 2000 right which is actually pretty slow in my opinion but it was enough to do you know to make the money that i needed to make yeah so yeah it's definitely like again it's like all social media all content marketing it's going to take you six plus months to do to get serious results you know was there like an oh shit moment where you're like oh my god this tweet is going maybe Maybe not viral, I don't know, but just getting a ton of traction. You got all these followers. Was there that moment that you? you oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 happened a couple of times because my the thing is is again I grew slow because again if I was a media buyer, I'd, if you're a media buying agency or you're ad creator or something like that, like at least in e-commerce space, you'll grow a lot faster than I did. By the way, because mm-hmm. email marketing is not as sexy of a topic, media buying and, and ad creative. But uh, but yeah, when it comes to like virality and stuff, I usually only get maybe one to five likes per post, right? And so when I start seeing a, a post that gets 80 likes, right? Yeah, yeah you can't, it can't ignore it, right? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's happened a couple of times, not that often. I would say it happens like once every two to three months. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. A, like a viral one. So, yeah. You know, it's, I had a, it's funny because I had, a, I'd been posting everywhere the last like three months because I was pretty quiet on social media before this year. Like I didn't post anywhere. And I just started posting a lot all over the place. And uh, it's funny because in the middle of April, I had my first like hot streak where on like four different channels, I was going like, not viral, but for me viral, right? I was getting like 10 times more views and likes and engagements and impressions than I had ever gotten. And I was just thinking, oh my God, I finally got the magic touch. Like I'm going to be fine from now on. And I have seen a post bump from that like it has um give me a bunch of followers and like now my stuff gets more impressions for sure than before by like double but you know it's not like it's really happened again 
since then the last like two weeks i haven't had like another one go crazy viral you know at least for me right so it is it is a little bit of that head game of just being like you got to be super consistent and then once it does happen that's awesome but you just have to be so consistent that it you just so that you know one day it's going to actually hit it's going to statistically you're going to say something that triggers people in a positive way or a negative way and then it's going to go viral it's going to help your brand out a lot but you just never know what day that's going to be right so exactly exactly that's why i post three to five times per day because you never know which is the one that's going to do it and also because it's when it comes to agencies that like you need like a like a, like a direct attribution, like you would, like if you were setting like an online course or something with eight, with for, for clients, you just need awareness. You just need people to right. know on the Twitter feed that you're good at what you do. And so yeah. again, that's why I post three to five times per day as well, because you know, enough people see me posting three to five times per day and they assume I'm the world's greatest e- email marketing expert. And then that, that's how they contact. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to share with everybody here listening what it is that, you know, how they can hit you up, how they can contact you, maybe a a good way for them to work with you. And also, if you want to give people a situation where it makes sense to hit you up, because I mean, I'm assuming for your retainer price, probably the best situations are not when there's a small account, like they got to be probably making some money to afford $5,000 per month or $4,000 per month. So maybe you can give some, shed some light on a situation that would be a good time for them to refer or partner with you or what have you. Sure. A good time would be if you are trying, if you are a media buying agency or ad creative, when you are trying to scale their ad account, right? Obviously yeah. the more, basically the quote I like saying on, on Twitter is, you know, the higher your ad spend, the more emails you need to send. Right. Yeah. And so if you need it, if you're trying to scale an account and your client says, Hey, let's, let's grow this. Like you're doing good. Let's keep going. That's when you hit me up <laughs> and we'll do the <laughs> e- email as well. Cause that will get you, that will allow you to afford the higher cut, the higher, more expensive customers. Right. And uh, how, how should people hit you up? I mean, you can always contact me through the agency site, supplydropmedia.com, or through the Twitter account, which is at Danavir Saria. Thank you so much, Danavir, for being on the show. Uh, for everybody listening, Danavir Saria has built an amazing e-commerce brand for email marketing through Supply Drop and works with a lot of eight-figure brands, and they recommend him for the work he does. And so if you are an ad buyer or you are just somebody who needs a powerful marketing partner in the email space, then hit up Danavir. You can follow him on Twitter. I'm following him on Twitter and get in touch. So thank you so much, Danavir, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure.